0: Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos in Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fallis, and today we will be discussing the importance of investing in our communities and providing opportunities for economic development for the Latino uh, businesses in Ohio. If we look around in our cities and notice supermercados, panaderías, tortillerías, and other businesses that serve a Spanish-speaking clientele, we know that a significant number of this population exists. However, in some cities, we don't always find an easily identifiable center where the community can come and enjoy the culture, tradition, and foods. Denise Contreras joins me today to discuss La Villa Hispana in Cleveland. Ms. Contreras serves as the executive director of the Hispanic Business Center and is responsible for supporting and establishing relationships through multiple business development agencies. Janice earned her Bachelor's of Arts degree from Capital University and an Executive Master's of Business Administration from The Ohio State University, Fisher College of Business. She's appointed by Mayor Frank Jackson to serve on the City of Cleveland Community Relations Board. Last year, she was honored as a Distinguished Hispanic Ohioan through Ochla. Aside from all of her professional accomplishments, she is also a wonderful human being Friend and mother. Bienvenida al estudio, Janice, aunque sea por teléfono.
1: Gracias, Elena. Un placer para mí.
0: I have been so lucky to know you for the past uh, four years, know you and your work. And today we are here to talk about a couple of projects involving economic development in the Latino community in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm talking specifically about La Villa Hispana, a community revitalization project in the Clark Fulton neighborhood on the west side of Cleveland. Can you tell us about this project?
1: Absolutely. So La Villa Hispana has been a concept that has been talked about amongst the the community, the Latino community in Northeast Ohio, for about the last three decades, and unfortunately, Mm -hmm. It hasn't been to the last five years that we've really been able to get the planning going. So community development and a lot of these projects take a long time um, to come through. Some of it, you could say, is a perfect storm or just factors that are happening. But what made it really take off five years ago was um, uh, on uh, in the near west side of Cleveland, there's a street called the West 25th corridor, the West 25th Street, is one of the most important corridors for the city of Cleveland. And so there was a transit oriented study that was being um, conducted by many of the larger planning bodies in the city. Um, and there was really no mention that this Transit-oriented study was cutting through the Latino, the heart of the Latino community. So the Northeast, uh, the near West Side of Cleveland, has the largest density of Latino residents in the state of Ohio. So if you're looking for an area that has that large, rich barrio kind of element or feel um, of a community throughout our entire state, this is this is really it. This is really the neighborhood where that occurs. There's 22,000 Latinos that live in the near West Side of Cleveland, um, and so that richness it isn't really being taken into consideration with city planning and the work that was happening. The leadership of the Latino community was really able to circumvent that process and say, wait a minute, this is our community, this is our neighborhood, and so we need to think about it differently. And so since then, um, we as a community were really able to advocate and provide leadership on what did this transit-oriented study mean, not just for the neighborhood, but for us as a community we went from not even being at the table to being the node of priority Mm. um, for that transit oriented study that now is in the planning documents that the city uses, that our local transit uses and so forth. Um, So that was a huge win. And that was really why I said this, you know three decade old project really took off five years ago really through that process we then had to come back home and figure out what la vida hispana meant and what was that to us right and it was a very unique opportunity in a moment of time for us to redefine our neighborhood right internally for the community, for us as Latinos to really establish what did a barrio, what did a Latino barrio really look like that is inclusive to the people that live in this neighborhood, as well as folks that would want to come because we're looking for that barrio and that comunidad, um, mm-hmm. along with just what we could share with the broader community, right? We know that folks like to have cultural experiences, and there's so much richness in, in our own culture, and so how are we able to share that with the greater community? And so that is really where the birth of La Villa is Sana came from. We did a five-year planning document and within that we said, you know, anything that we do has to start with community engagement. And so for us, community engagement means that the residents of this neighborhood, that the leadership, the Latino leadership, and that the faith-based community really needs to lead this. And they really need to define what creates a Vija. What does our Vija look like? And so um, the first key strategy is community engagement through those, through those three areas that I um, suggested. Um, economic development being the next phase, right, in order to create a vibrant, neighborhood or community, you need businesses, you need walkability, you need jobs, mm-hmm. um, you need, uh, you know, all of those elements that that creates um, community. And then lastly, arts and culture, right? That's who we are as a people. And so that was another um, key strategy that we wanted to make sure that went into that plan that now is known as La Villa Hispana.
0: hmm. What um, are some of the roadblocks that you have encountered? Have you had any pushbacks? Oh, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So definitely, you know, with any with any community based project, um, first, the first roadblock was that we're not a Latino CDC per se. So typically, this work is done by community development organizations. And Mm so we are an economic development organization that's within a neighborhood, within a community. And so um, it took some time and some uh, convincing, but just realization from our traditional community development partners to understand that we brought a, a certain element Different, that we couldn't wait for a mainstream community development organization to develop this for us, that we needed to develop it ourselves, and that they needed to support us in that process. And I'm happy to say that we've gotten past that, you know, our community development organization is our partner, and they help, you know, in areas where it's their expertise, but then they also let us lead in areas where it is our expertise. And mm-hmm. so that was the first, Um, kind of pushback that we had with the project was who was leading, who was going to lead it. And we were able to put together a steering committee with many key stakeholders, Latinos and non-Latinos, to really push the, the project forward. But really... In the heart of it was understanding that this community development project needed to be done in an authentic manner mm-hmm. that was respectful to our culture and our community, and so that's really um, that's really the aim, and that was really the realization that we had to go through. And then the other one of it is this funding, right? Um, understanding because this isn't what we do every day. Um, we've had to understand the nuances on how um, to obtain public. Uh, resources to do a project of the scale and what comes first, right? What is going to be our first um, brick and mortar project? How do you get the community excited about planning when a planning process is never sexy and fun, right? And Mm -hmm. it takes a long time. Um, The community had been very disengaged um, and so when we talked about La Villa, I was like, oh, that's never going to happen. That's an old concept. Our leadership can't get it together. And so I'm, I'm happy to report that a lot of those challenges we've been able to, to get past that. Um, but I, I think the last one and the most biggest one is we don't have another three decades to figure <laughs> it out, right? Um, we are in a, in a very urban, um, dense, um, city. Uh, which has already experienced gentrification and displacements in in other neighborhood development projects that surround the Clark Fulton neighborhood as we know it today. And so there is definitely a sense of urgency for us, um, that there's factors, market factors that we cannot control. And so unless we're able to carry out this project in a timely fashion, um, the neighborhood would be gentrified and our community would be displaced and we would no longer have um, this Latino neighborhood with the density I've described.
0: Right. Um, I'm glad you mentioned this um, sort of disillusionment, right, that the Latino community has experienced and that when these projects like this come along, they're like, well, ya lo vimos antes, right? We've mm-hmm. we've heard this before and nothing has happened or very little has changed, etc. So, um so getting the buy-in from the own community and getting them, you know, to be participants um, is surely is key to making uh, something like this happen. Correct. Uh, the commercial center of um, La Placita, Cleveland, which is an open air market that started. Um, can you? Is it three years ago that started, or is it four years ago? Yeah, four, four years.
1: We just got through our fourth right. season, and you know this this kind of flows very well. So <laughs> La Placita was really the first thing we did, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing we did to get the community excited was, well, what do we do? It what do we have? Right? Mm-hmm. We don't really have anything. We don't own any land, and so. Um, you know, we know how to throw a party, we know how to <laughs> bring people together at festivals, and we know that the summer months are short, so we have a small margin of time to do that. Um, here in Cleveland, there's a lot, and, and actually throughout the state, you see a lot of these open-air markets, mm-hmm. and so they tend to be very trendy in a, in a broad array, whether you're going to a flea market, or whether you're going to the Cleveland flea, or, mm-hmm. you know, Farmers there's market. multiple renditions mm-hmm. of that. Farmers market, right? So mm-hmm. we really piggyback on that model and say let's do a market, you know, market, Let's do a placita. We'll do it in our parking lot. And it was also an opportunity for us to invite a lot of our home-based businesses to sell their goods, to really Mm -hmm. test the market. Um, So for us as a business center, we're like, all right, let's get businesses there and let's get them to sell their products or their services. And then we'll get music and band and arts and culture and have some experiences and have our community partners. When we started our first Placita four years ago, it was so homemade. Like, we literally bought tents at Home Depot, and (laughs) we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we didn't have the right electrical equipment, maybe had 100 people stop by, Um, and so had a lot of lessons learned. Um, Throughout the years, I'm happy to report we have gotten, you know, our event has gotten more sophisticated. The community has definitely come out. Mm -hmm. um, Even me from Columbus,
0: I've come Even
1: you (laughs) from Columbus. Thank you so much. We have people come out. But this last season of Placita, now we do it as an evening event. Our community is better coming out in the evenings. Mm -hmm. We know Saturday mornings. All the mamacitas are cleaning their houses (laughs) and doing their chores, but making it an evening event made it more engaging Mm -hmm. for families. So we just learned a little bit more about the neighborhood and and our own feedback we were getting. Um, And so this last season of Placita, we were able to have... Six thousand five hundred visitors mm-hmm. throughout three days. Three days of the event, um, all of our vendors sold out. We had twenty vendors wow. that participated. Um, by nine o'clock, there was not one empanada or mas. <laughs> there was nothing left, um, and super super energized with folks in our parking lot past ten o'clock, who were still so excited um, mm-hmm. and celebrating. So it's been a great way for us to engage the community and kind of say, hey, we're not where we want to be. We don't have an official blast out, which is the long-term goal, mm-hmm. um, but we definitely are um, able to celebrate culture and people and community. Um, and it's nice to see the diversity of that event. You know, We're able to really get the folks from the neighborhood, which is intended to be, mm-hmm. um, but we're also getting a lot of the broader community that wants to experience mm-hmm. that cultural encounter.
0: That's funny that you said. Um, so Latinos, maybe the farmers' market hours do not work for them or for us. They, do but not. we're night owls. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, th- definitely that is a great event. And are you continuing this? So, yeah, we
1: hope to continue mm-hmm. La Placita. Um, you know, it's leading, so La Placita is leading to our ultimate economic development strategy mm-hmm. for La Villa, which is to create a Latino Mercado. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's a way larger um, event, uh, place that we're working on, very much a place making strategy. It'll be the first physical development of what we know as La Villa Hispana, right? Mm-hmm. So this is going to be our first kind of brick and mortar. Um, we are taking over two acres of land right near the intersection of Clark and West 25th, which is the heart of the neighborhood. Um, we're taking a warehouse um, and taking it from 32,000 square feet. We're adding, so it'll be 48,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And so within that, we will have 20 micro retailers, so Latino businesses, food-based, product-based services, Services based, we will have an anchor mid price Latino restaurant. We will have a commercial kitchen for individuals that um, ran catering companies or baking companies or have a food truck or a food buggy where they need storage and food prepping before and after an event. And so um, along with the fact that this is going to be this vibrant Latino mercado, we planned an outdoor plaza area where you could actually, it actually will look like a plaza, mm-hmm. some sort of waterworks for kids, a grass area with an outdoor stage. We'll have garage doors that then lead into the indoor market so that you could still interact with the vendors inside the market, but provide opportunity for smaller vendors to participate out in the courtyard area. Um, beyond the market piece of this, It's also, as I mentioned earlier, part of a placemaking strategy. So we have about uh, five Latino-serving organizations that are also going to be housed within this Mercado facility. And so Esperanza, Mm -hmm. um, which is a youth serving, they provide scholarships for youth, um, will be our largest anchor tenants. They will be taking over the entire second floor. Um, The Hispanic Alliance, Latino U.S. Theater Group, Mm -hmm. along with my organization, we will all be housed and living in the Mercado building. So there'll be a lot of opportunity and a lot of um, interactive engagement that we could do with the community with having this new
0: site. So great. That sounds like maybe I need to move back to Cleveland <laughs> in yes. a couple of yes. years. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> 2020, yes, 2020. I'm um, so La Placita is, is um, has been uh, done during the summer, like you mentioned earlier, but you Correct. just recently opened... Um, Las Tienditas del Mercado, which is a brick and mortar location with, with um, some businesses uh, that support um, the Latino culture and where people can come and enjoy food, culture, and the arts. Um, can you, I really love the story of this, lo- why this location was chosen. Um, can you talk a little bit about this? Yeah, absolutely. So just
1: high level first, right? So, we have this plan of this mercado that's being built in 2020 it's a 14 million dollar project it's Very complicated. Mm -hmm. This is the part where I would say this is, you know, the learning for us as an organization, um, because we are the project owner. So the the Center for Economic Development will own El Mercado, Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously ownership is very important in any community development project because if you don't own it, you can't control it. And so that is the reason why our board of directors has taken on this ambitious goal to own two acres in the neighborhood and develop it and create this placemaking economic development agent for for the neighborhood. Um, we have La Placita, which is a great seasonal summertime event. But how do I start growing the businesses that eventually will be in El Mercado, right? How do we make sure that these businesses have an opportunity to grow? I can't open up an empty mercado um, or I can't wait to the Mercado's built to figure out what businesses are going to go in there. And so that's the beauty of Las Tienditas del Mercado. Las Tienditas del Mercado is basically our baby incubator <laughs> to help some of these businesses grow and get going, establish their customers, establish their products, make some money. So that when the Mercado is ready, they're moving in and they're good to go. They're already established. And so um, what's been so magical about this project, Elena, because it really has been um, one of the challenges. we have in the neighborhood and why we're building this Mercado is because there aren't any storefront ready Spaces right? Clark Avenue for those of you that, that don't know Cleveland Clark Avenue is saturated with fast food restaurants mm-hmm. um, dollar stores, auto parts stores and there really is no opportunity for new development or even um, opening, you know, any type of business um, the, the crossing you know, West 25th corridor that I referred to before um, has a 20% vacancy of big abandoned warehouses mm-hmm. like the one we're taking over to Du Mercado. That also would be cost inhibitive for a small business to be able to put their business in that location and so even thinking of, as of an incubator i had no idea where the heck was i going to do that um and actually it happened in columbus when i attended the Oshla gala last year um, and was receiving the um, distinguished hispanic ohioan award that um, the family of Julio Ceci Castro Mm -hmm. was also being recognized for his legacy and his work. And that is where the light bulb went off for me to say, what are they doing with the bodega that their family ran for 52 years um, after um, Ceci Castro passed away last summer? Mm -hmm. And so At that gala, I went to the family and asked, what are we doing with the the bodega? And the family really didn't have a plan. And so I pitched my idea to use this legacy cornerstone bodega that had been in our community for so long. It had been so much more than just the bodega. This is where the musicians hung out on Fridays and Saturdays and came by. The best aguacates and (laughs) verduras people knew that they could get at Ceci's um, Caribe Grocery, and so it just has such a huge legacy. He was also the one that helped people if you needed a payday loan, if you needed, you know, food for your family. Um, he was really that kind of community service provider. and So for us it was so, so much more than a bodega and very important to, to kind of keep some of that legacy alive in a very new way. Um, and so obviously the family totally embraced the concept um, when we went into the bodega, it literally looked like they were open the day before. Like the, the gondolas were still there. The <laughs> products were still on the shelves. Mm-hmm. The coolers were still established. And I took my staff in there trying to sell them this idea of a business incubator. So I'm glad they trusted me. But more importantly, I am grateful for the partnership with the Castro family. Um, Norma Castro, which is Ceci's wife and, and who, you know, co-owned and and operated the store. And their two daughters. Um, made it their business to renovate the space. So we paid zero dollars for any renovation. The store literally looked like it was a store in the 1960s mm-hmm. because 50 was adamant that they did not change anything. <laughs> um, and so the daughters were really excited to get in there and just give it a fresh face look. And so now it's Las Tienditas del Mercado. We just celebrated our grand opening two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we have four businesses that are housed within Tienditas. Uh, one of them is Uh, Café Social Latinoamericano, owned by a father and son. Um, They come from Mexico, and they have coffee from four different countries and pastries and a ton of goodies. Secondly, we have Pura Cepa Puerto Rican food, and that's a breakfast and lunch kiosk spot. So they provide avenas, cremitas in the morning, and then um, sandwiches and salads and soups at lunchtime. Um, And then we have Ortiz Graphic Design. They are a print um, company uh, and they'll do anything from t-shirts to embroidery to canvases for the walls to banners for businesses. And so they are, this is the retail arm of their business. Um, and then lastly, we will be opening in January La Estrellita Specialty Grocer. So thats that will be the newest addition um, to Tienditas with the fourth um, specialty grocer. Actually, is a Mexican mm-hmm. um, specialty grocer as well, but he'll be providing products for all of Latin America. Um, and now we have a new opportunity. We're actually adding a trailer outside um, of Tienditas where we're going to have Cleveland Fresh, which is a microgreen grower um mm-hmm. grow the microgreens from the trailer and then we'll also have Luke Lee which is a flower shop and event planning specialist. So mm-hmm. we're going from 3 BNBs which is what we have today to 6 BNBs by January.
0: Wow, that's amazing. No now you say this is an incubator so eventually the, the they will move on to the to the big mercado, right? So what happens with this location? Yeah, that's a
1: great question. So um, we know, right now we have a letter of intent with all of the incubator tenants, um, which is non-binding. We get this might work, might not, that they will eventually move into the mercado. They are receiving some rental subsidies and Extensive business coaching, we're looking at their financials, marketing plan, and so forth. Um, we know that maybe we want all of them to make it right, we want all of them to be successful, but there is a chance that some of them won't, there's a risk we're taking, and they are as well. So we get that. Um, the other piece of it is we also know that when it's time to move into the mercado, one of them might love the space so much that they may want to stay there and make that their business. We are okay with that um if they do if all of them decide that they do want to move into the mercado and they all leave we're still committed to the space with the castro family Mm -hmm. so we will figure out what's the best um option to keep that we have lots of ideas of other things we could do within that space so we're not worried because space is such an issue in our neighborhood Mm -hmm. we're really not worried about it being vacant um especially as as nicely renovated as it is
0: right right well great um Denise, are there any other events, projects or opportunities that you would like our audience to know more about in Cleveland or how well, can we get involved or anything? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first
1: of all, definitely come visit Las Tienditas del Mercado. Mm-hmm. It's located on West 25th and Seymour Avenue in Cleveland. And definitely look us up online or on Facebook and in social media Um, the Hispanic Business Center, Chamber of Commerce, and we're constantly sharing information. So visit the shops, visit our incubator, like make sure that um, they're getting the support they need from the community, because without the community, none of this works um and just be engaged we need our community to be engaged more than ever right we we have a big election coming up um we're trying to get all of these community projects happening here and throughout the state i feel like the latino community is really on the rise and so just being engaged in our communities obviously we always have events with our chamber of commerce here locally on um, friday december 7th we will have our entrepreneur of the year gala where we recognize our business owners in the community making change, um, not just through their business, but in our community. We're also going to do a business pitch um, competition leading to some awards that we'll be giving cash prices that we'll be giving um, out at the gala on December 7th. So a lot of great things happening. Um, definitely working here with our local councilwoman to develop housing strategies for folks that want to come back and move to the community. Uh, so Elena, we'll have a great place for you and right. your family to come back whenever <laughs> you guys are ready. But um, definitely right. so much going on all the time. So just stay connected Uh, Stay connected to what we're doing. Stay connected to all of our partner organizations who are all lifting, you know, Julia Urgo's Culture Arts Center Mm -hmm. and the Spanish American Committee, Hispanic Alliance, Esperanza. I mean, everybody is really rolling up their sleeves and looking for ways that we can lift our community, not just here in Northeast Ohio, but throughout the entire state.
0: Yes, of course. Jenice, gracias por esta conversación y por crear un modelo para otras ciudades aquí en Ohio. Espero ver algo similar aquí en Columbus y en Cincinnati y en otras eh, ciudades que están creciendo, ¿no? Cada cada día, cada año tenemos una comunidad latina eh, que se puede ver, ¿no? Entonces, eh, crear algo así en otras ciudades es muy importante.
1: Por supuesto, es un placer para servirle a mi comunidad de esta capacidad. Yo me crié en este barrio, estudié en este barrio y pues, es es personal, tanto como Mm -hmm. lo es profesional. Tengo a mis colegas en Columbus y mis colegas en Cincinnati, que hace poco estuvo acá el el presidente de la Cámara, en Mm -hmm. cual diseñé nuestros proyectos. Um, But happy to help in any way that I can. Again, we all win together. Um, So if I could be of resource or assistance in any way, feel free to reach out. Elena, gracias for providing this program and giving our community a voice. Great.
0: A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima.